was Juanita Hall and company with Hold That Train. Radio Theater Omaha presents Theater of the Mind. And now, here's our host, Beth Kalal. Welcome back to Radio Theater Omaha presents Theater of the Mind. This is episode three, all about voice acting. And I'm Beth Kowal, and today we have Katie Otten here with us. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're very excited to have you. Let's get started. So why don't we start with you telling us about yourself and how you got into voice acting. Yeah, so I, uh, I've i been acting for most of my life. I started in theater in fifth grade, and it was one of those things where I sort of knew that this was what I wanted to do. I'd always loved playing pretend and going on adventures. I loved video games, and it just sort of seemed like the best way to get to do that for a living. I was like, I just want to go on magic adventures. <laughs> um, and then once I started working at my on my master's at UNO here in Omaha, they really encouraged me to use my skills to figure out what else I might be good at. And that's when I thought, oh, I love video games. I love theater. Now, how can I put all of those things together? And that's when I realized, oh, maybe voiceover would be really cool for me. It wasn't something I had ever really even considered before. I was like, I guess someone has that job, but I hadn't thought of that as something I could pursue. Um, so then I really used the next couple of years to, to try to figure out what that is. And uh, I've really had a wonderful journey kind of trying to get into voiceover and learn the best ways to do it. And um, it's just been really cool to explore and uh, get to tell stories in new ways and bring characters to life. Is there any characters we would know that you voice? Probably not. If people play video games on Steam, they might know of a yeah. few things. But um, but I've done some audiobooks, I've done some commercials, and a lot of educational stuff. Like when people are using uh, language learning apps and things, sometimes I'll be the English voice of those. So uh, I guess they need sort of the neutral Midwest American accent. So that's what they <laughs> That is amazing. So let's get on to questions from our listeners. If I was interested in getting into voice acting, how would I or our listeners go about it? Well, I think um, the first thing to do is to just take any sort of acting classes you can, like improv or singing or anything that helps those muscles and helps you develop your own voice. Uh, Those are really important. And then just auditioning like crazy. There's a lot of websites out there. Um, The coolest thing about voice acting is that you don't have to be even in the same country as people. You know, you can do it from anywhere in the world as long as you have a microphone or even just your phone. So um, just getting out there and auditioning for anything you can uh, is the best way. And starting your own stuff, you know, like this podcast or anything that you're passionate about. Just the more that you can record your voice and get used to the sound of it and the whole process, it's really going to help you. Are there certain techniques that voice actors use to sound differently on the radio? 
So I actually haven't done a whole lot of radio stuff. I've been on a lot of podcasts like this, but I haven't um, done a whole lot of radio stuff. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure. But uh, if I had to guess, I would say it's really important to use your natural voice because if you're going to be speaking for hours on end, uh, it's going to get exhausting real fast. And so I think radio is a lot less about like, let's make some wacky voices and more like, how can I really be comfortable in my own voice and know how to take care of it so that it can last for hours? That's really important. Do you know of any classes locally that interested parties could join to learn more? So I know that the Omaha Community Playhouse used to offer a voiceover class. I'm not sure if they still do or not, um, but that'd be a really cool thing. Uh, I do give private lessons if anyone's interested. It's just kind of like starter lessons. So I do a couple and then sort of send people on their way, but you can always check in with me. Um, but yeah, otherwise, there's really not a lot locally. I would say, again, take improv classes at the back line or any sort of acting classes around the city. That's just going to help you get more comfortable with the acting process, I think. And we'll make sure to link your information for our podcast so people oh, can reach out to yes, you. Thank you. <laughs> How are voice auditions different from in-person acting auditions? Oh boy, it is such a different process. When I think of film or theater, it's all about like that human connection and like who you're talking to and the people in the room with you and all this. Um, voiceover is like the exact opposite. It's like I'm sitting alone at home in my closet talking to people that I'm probably never going to meet. And often for auditions, they'll like they'll send you just the character's lines and maybe a little bit about them, maybe a picture of the character if you're lucky. But otherwise, you don't get anything else. You're like... I'm not even sure who I'm talking to or why or any of what they intended. You just kind of have to make the strongest choice you can and just sort of go for it. Um, take the clues that they've given you about your character and then um, just do your best. And you're never going to know what they're really looking for, but um, just kind of play with it and have fun. Building on that, so during the pandemic when you couldn't probably do auditions for theater and stuff in person, so did voice acting really take off during that time? Oh my gosh, I think voiceover has just exploded during the pandemic. Like when I started, it felt like the competition was fierce, but now it's like everyone is doing it. So um, so that part's gotten a little crazy, but it's really exciting that I think more and more people are learning that they don't have to be in a studio to do this either. So um, yeah, so it's really opened up a lot of things. People are auditioning for things that weren't available to them anymore before. So it's been really cool. The pandemic's helped it, I think, for sure. Do you have to have a certain voice to be able to do voice acting? No. Oh, my gosh. Every voice is unique and special, and everyone has something different to offer with their voice. And I think that's something to be cherished rather than telling people, like, no, your voice isn't good for this. Your voice is perfect for some character out there or some story out there, and you just got to find what that is. So building on that, how do you know if your voice good voice for voice acting? So let's sense playing off your last answer how do you know if your voice is good for that character it's I think just about trying it and discovering it for yourself and sometimes I'll voice a character and be like mm, actually someone else is probably going to be better at this and then sometimes I'll voice them and be like oh maybe maybe this could really work and then it's up to the director of course to decide but um, I think it's just about trying things and experimenting and the more that you grow in your voice, the more range you're going to find and the more different voices that you'll find in there. So um, it's just about trying it though and trying everything you possibly can. But I don't think there's any one voice again that's not right for this kind of work. It may just be that you need to grow more comfortable in it and need to find more of your own voice strength and getting used to hearing yourself. That can be hard for a lot of people. So 
Um, yeah, it's just about, I think, taking all those classes and trying things. So what would you say is the most challenging thing about voice acting? I think, again, coming from a theater background, not getting that connection to other people was really hard at first. Um, like, I often wouldn't meet the other actors ever, or sometimes I won't get to hear their voice until the thing is fully complete. And then I'll listen to the project and be like, oh, if I had known that they were making that choice, maybe I would have done this differently. Uh, and that helped to teach me that I really should give the director a lot of options to work with. Because, again, I don't know what the other actors are doing. Um, so giving them things to work with and play with and hoping that they'll give me some good feedback, uh, that's that's another thing I learned is to really take that feedback as like a gift rather than like, oh, they think I did this wrong. You know, it's more like, oh, no, they're offering me a way to make this even better. And I want to always tell the best story I can. So um, so taking what they've given as like, oh, this is a good thing and I'm going to try to take with this and run with it. And and again, sometimes the lack of information is tough. Um, sometimes even you're cast in something and you still don't get anything other than your lines. And so you're like, I don't know who the other characters are or how they're responding, but I just got to just got to try stuff and hope that the director will tell me if it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, and another, the last challenging thing is sometimes the directors of these projects aren't, uh, working with actors isn't their first thing, right? They might be a game developer or they might be an author of a book, but they're like, I don't know how to work with actors or communicate with them. And so sometimes bridging that gap of like getting what you need as an actor but also understanding that this maybe is something they're not comfortable with and they don't really know how to get the best product either. So you really kind of become a team at that point, and it's a collaborative sort of how can we work together to find where this voice needs to be and what this uh, story needs when this is something that's kind of new to everyone. It's tough. So what is your favorite or most rewarding aspect of voice acting? There's something so special about when you do finally see a character come to life and the first time you like hear your voice out in the wild, I call it. Like, <laughs> I was on YouTube the other day and an ad popped up and it was my voice. And that was that had never happened before. And I was like, oh, and I like stopped the ad and got my phone out and recorded it. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. it just like makes you warm inside. And you're like, wow, like people are listening to my voice. I didn't even know it. And that that's such a special thing um, for me, especially being someone who does love stories and love video games and things. When I get to like see a character that's so different from me, maybe it's like a strong like warrior character, but they have my voice. It's like whoa! It just there's something so unique about that and special. And because you know, in theater and film, like they can only do so much editing. You're still yourself, you know. But once you give a voice to a completely different character, that's like whoa! I I don't know. I created them in some way, and that's, like, not me, and that's, I don't know. That's so cool. That is beautiful. Who are some of your role models in voice acting? People will be like, who's your favorite film actor or whatever? And I don't really have favorites. It's like, I like people in certain roles, but that doesn't mean that, like, oh, they're a perfect voice actor. It's just, like, mm -hmm. this role was so perfect for them. I really like this. Or I like their performance in this, but I try not to really, like, idolize people because everyone's just doing their job and doing their best, you know, but... We're all learning as we go, and I don't know. Um, there's definitely uh, certain, like, projects that I think about, and I'm like, oh, this is so good. But um, but I don't really have specific people that I, like, go to for things. Um, but Crispin Freeman, who's an anime voice actor, he has a podcast, too, actually. Yeah. That's all about sort of his journey in voice acting and what he's learned. I think it's called um, Voice Acting Mastery or something. And I, when I was writing my thesis which my thesis is actually on this 
subject. Um, I used a lot of his advice in there when I was figuring things out. So that's definitely something I recommend for new voice actors to check out that podcast because he gives a lot of little nuggets of like things he's learned and struggles he's had and how he's overcome them and stuff. No, that is a really good point that because if you think about great actors, not every project they've done is great. Or Mm -hmm. if you think of their early work, they're just trying to get their foot in the door like, hey, I need to be in this movie. I need experience. Yeah. And that doesn't mean those were the great um, fits for them. It just means they wanted to get that experience. They're auditioning. They're doing things. Yeah. When you might have the most amazing actor, but if they're given poor directions, poor mm-hmm. writing, all that stuff, like there's so much outside of their control that leads to a good performance. There's just so many other factors, I think. Do all voice actors hate the sound of their voices like the general population does? <laughs> I don't know if I can speak to all voice actors in the universe, <laughs> but everyone I've talked to hated it at first yes because the sound that travels through our brains has like bounced around a few times before we actually interpret it and so what we hear in our heads is totally different than what we hear once we're recorded so the first time that you hear yourself you're like oh and even some people if you think about it everyone has done a little bit of voiceover like when you leave a phone message for someone or like a voice memo or something you're doing voiceover It's just not for the purpose that people usually think of, but you're recording your voice. And so we've all heard our voices at some point, and it's usually cringy. Um, Even still, sometimes I'll hear myself and be like, oh, oh no. (laughs) But um, that does get better with time, and that's just something that takes practice. And I have learned now to, most of the time I hear myself, and I appreciate the work I've done, and I'm like, okay, good, and I hear what I want to do differently, um, and I've gotten more critical in a good way, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. Um, rather than cringing when I hear myself. But I I do think everyone at first has that struggle. So it's just learning to appreciate, though, all the nuances of your voice and what makes it special and how to um, even more effectively communicate. We're looking for a sponsor for this podcast so that we can continue to provide more and better programming for those who love radio theater, and especially radio theater in Omaha. Could that be you or your company? If interested, please use the contact form on our website at radiotheateromaha.com. So how do you take care of your voice? Oh, yeah, that's super important, especially when we're doing really crazy voices that stretch our voice. And I think one of the things is once you get to know your body and your voice a little better, knowing when to stop is really important and when to take breaks and and when something is pushing us in a bad way. Like sometimes after a long session, my voice will feel tired, but that's really different than like hurting, you know, and and you can tell when your throat really hurts or like something stretched it or you lose your voice. Like those are bad signs that maybe maybe something isn't a, a good voice for us right now. And then we need to kind of just stretch and work on our voice a little bit. Um, again, taking singing lessons is really good. Any sort of movement is really good for us. Um, just knowing how your breath works and how to use it to your best advantage, like that's something theater really teaches you. Um, All of that will really just help you strengthen because it's all muscles, you know, and it's all muscle memory and uh, knowing how to take care of that is important. 
And then the usual things that people will tell you are like drink lots of tea, lots of water, things like that. Um, I've heard really different things about this. I think it's just every voice is so different. Every body is different, but but definitely staying hydrated and hydrating well in advance. Like I just sort of am always trying to drink a lot of water. Um, it's not like you can just drink right before a session. Then you're like, all right, I'm hydrated now. Um, it's just something we have to make a sort of lifestyle, I think. Um, but yeah, otherwise, just knowing what's best for you. Um, nutrition, all that stuff is important, but, um, but staying hydrated and not pushing it are probably the best things. Yeah. What techniques do you use to strengthen your voice then? Um, I, again, just knowing your breath. Um, there's a lot of like exercises that people can do to help strengthen that. Like one thing that I learned back in college that really helped me was to like lie flat on the floor and put a bunch of textbooks on your stomach. And once you're able to move those books up and down with just your breath, that means that you're working what's called the diaphragm and your lungs. And and pushing all of your breath all the way down into your diaphragm is different than like just taking a breath with our lungs like I just did, you know, but like taking a nice deep breath and really filling all that space is going to give you all the breath and energy that you need to really bring characters to life and give it energy. And energy is like the big thing that people talk about, right? Um, And when I say energy, it's like a character might be like really monotone and like bored and whatever, but you still have to put energy into that to really give them life and like a well-rounded character if that makes sense so even if something is like low stakes and calm and relaxed uh we still have to give that our all as a voice actor and so that really takes a lot out of you so um getting a lot of sleep and like taking care of yourself giving yourself all the things you need is going to let you be able to do that if that makes sense yeah definitely (laughs) um and beth i have a question for you actually Uh, okay because you're doing voiceover all the time now with this podcast what uh, have you noticed about yourself or your voice through kind of doing this and hearing yourself? Mm-hmm. Well, I've known I've always been a fast talker. Mm-hmm. And I know if people have been listening, I feel like I've gotten more even toned with my talking because when I get excited, because I'm excited about this podcast, but I'm also <laughs> nervous, I've been trying to speak more slowly and more enunciate more because mm-hmm. I want people to understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think it's just it is a growing process. And the more mm-hmm. I do it, the better I'm going to be. Yeah. And I do the question I did ask you, I don't like the sound of my own voice. Mm. But the more I do this, the more we listen and the more we have guests and the more we have topics, the better I think I'm going to sound because I like the second episode a lot better than the first. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everything you're saying is true. And I'm going to take your tips that you've been giving me (laughs) that we'll and continue to grow this. So I'm very excited that you're here. Well, good for you, because that takes a lot of courage, honestly. Mm -hmm. There's so many people probably listening who are like, I could never do that. I could Mm -hmm. never hear myself. So the fact that you're actively working on this and know that you want to improve, like Mm -hmm. that takes a lot of courage, and that's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) You're well on your way to being a voice actor. (laughs) Thank you. I know, I never thought of podcasting as voice acting. Yeah. You're right, it is. And there's many different types of voice acting, and we need to think of that as a broad sense. Yeah, and actually, um, one thing I tell my students is voiceover and voice acting like really encompass the same things, but there's a little bit of a different connotation. Like, I think voiceover is everything. Like I said, like anytime you record a message for someone, you're doing voiceover, or when you, like, call a doctor's office and they're like, press one for blah, blah, blah. That's voiceover, you know. But I'm not sure that all of those things are voice acting, you know. Like 
when we're just recording our voice for someone to hear it, um, we're not necessarily acting, we're just being ourselves. So that's just something I wanted to like impart to our listeners that voiceover is like everything, but voice acting is specifically like acting through the voice. Do most voice actors have their at-home setup with like a microphone and everything? Again, I would say probably a lot of voice actors do. You really don't need to invest a lot to get started. Uh, there's some really good microphones out there that are only like $50, $60 just to start off. Those are really good. And then as you improve and start to like find out if this is something you even want to do or put more time or effort into, then you can upgrade to really nice things, you know. To just start off, you know, just record yourself and play and have fun and do fun little projects that let you grow and experience things and meet people. And then as you work, you're going to be like, oh, maybe I want to learn more about editing or I want to get a better microphone or I want to make a more soundproof room or whatever. Um, those are all great things, but I don't think you need that to just start off. Some people just record on their phone and that sounds just fine if they find a quiet space, you know. So, um, so just find whatever you can to get started. A lot of people think there's this big barrier to getting started, but... No, there's really not. And even I actually had wanted to do voiceover for a while and was always like, oh, well, I don't have the money or the equipment or whatever. And then my husband one day for my birthday was like, here's a microphone. Now you have no reason not to do this. And I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> and I never looked back after that. So it's just about kind of taking that first step into like, what do I need? Okay, I have the most basic thing. Now I'm just going to go for it. But I, I think a lot of people do have their own, to some extent, home setup. Some people do like to go into a studio. Even here in Omaha, there's some really cool voiceover studios um, where they do music and voice, but um, but that often costs money, and we don't. you don't need that to just get started. Another thing about getting started, could you show us some of your characters? Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, when I um, record auditions, I try all different kinds of things, but I do have a few, like, go-to voices that I really enjoy. <laughs> Oh, well, this is my, like, old woman voice if I'm like, oh, it's, I'm having a wonderful day. I baked you a pie, Beth. I hope that you come over and enjoy it. <laughs> Whoa, Beth, did you see the thing over there? That was so cool. This is, like, my teenage boy voice. We're going to go and, like, skateboard and do awesome stuff. <laughs> uh, and this is, like, my really nervous voice, um... I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to say, but I hope that you all enjoy it. That was fantastic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, wait, I want to do one more. You want to do one more? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so actually, <laughs> this is my kind of uh, silly, dirty voice. I um, I voiced a dinosaur one time that kind of sounded like this for a children's YouTube series, and that was super fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> No, that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and, and you know, I think a lot of it is just feeling okay with being silly. Like, yeah. at first I was so nervous about that. I was like, oh, no, this is going to be weird, whatever. And now I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going to go for it and have a good time. And I love now doing these silly voices. Like, it's such a blast. So, random question. Yeah. What do you do for telemarketers? Do you ever do your voices just to get oh, them off the phone? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, no, I don't even bother with them. But I do have a really funny story because they drive me nuts. Like spam calls. I'm like, nah, man. <laughs> I used to work for a princess company where I would go to like children's birthday parties as a princess. I still do it sometimes. But mm -hmm. um, but we had to go to do this event and we were both like had to be Harry Potter characters. And so we went to a Chick-fil-A <laughs> and we're like just hanging out. It was like a Halloween celebration. And we were doing our English accent or British or um, and 
there were there were these old women who were like, oh, are are you actors from the Harry Potter movie? And I was gonna be like, no, we're just local actors. But the guy with me was like, yep, yeah, we are. <laughs> He's like, we were in the movies. And they were like, oh, and they started freaking out. They're like, when did you fly over to America? And like, how long have you been here? And I was like, oh no. And like, the lies just got worse and worse. <laughs> but by then, I couldn't stop the accent because like we had already told enough lies. I was like, oh no. It was a whole thing. It was really funny. Oh my funny. goodness. So, and, and sometimes if I'm on a, a bus or something, uh, me and friends will just like do voices and pretend that we have accents and whatever. And it's just a good time. <laughs> so yeah, I do that a lot in just daily life for fun. Nice. <laughs> what opportunities are there locally to get into voice acting? You know, I wish there were more is the best answer. Um <laughs> I've heard legends that there used to be like animation studios here and all kinds of cool stuff. And then I moved here and all that was gone by then. And I was like, what the heck? But I, I do think that one of the amazing things that Omaha has to offer is the opportunity to make your own work. That's something I've really learned over the last couple of years is like, if there's something you want to do, if there's a character you want to voice or a story you want to tell, you got to just make it happen. If you sit and wait, for the right opportunities to come along, it might be a little while, or you might find the right opportunity, but not, then not be the right fit for it, or it might not be the right time. So, so I just tell people like, you got to make your own work. Like you're making this podcast, right? You could wait for someone else to start making this, or you could be like, I'm just gonna make it happen, and you guys did, which is so cool. So, um, so yeah, go make your own work. Find people that want to do the same stuff as you, and just figure it out, make it happen. Otherwise. Sometimes local companies will need a voice for something, and then it's just like finding when that happens, right? Um, I did some voiceover for like the Children's Museum here in town. That was super cool, but um, I just happened to know the right person at the right time when they needed it. So it's like, I don't know. It's hard to know where to find that stuff locally, and just yeah. I think it's connecting with other people and and not being afraid to tell people what you want, right? Yeah. Like now I'll reach out to people that are doing cool work and be like, hey, I want to work with you. <laughs> Here's my information. The worst they can do is just say, we don't need that right now. Or like, keep your voice on file for later. Or they might just not respond and that's fine. But then you know, right? But they might also be like, oh, actually we have this thing coming up. Yeah, maybe you should audition for this or whatever. Um, so yeah, just reach out to people, communicate with people, tell them what it is you're looking to do and just be honest and open. There's always been this kind of stigma that actors can't talk about their own work or market themselves, right? Like, it's selfish somehow to be like, I'm an actor, here's my resume, right? There's that whole idea of like, oh, we shouldn't do that, or like, oh, actors are just trying to get work or whatever. But we are. And like, wouldn't you want a plumber to be like, hey, here's my business card. If you ever need something, this is the work I do, right? We'd be like, oh, yeah, awesome. I'm probably going to need this in the future. I think we should think of actors the exact same way, right? Here's a business. Uh, here's a business that I have. Here's a problem that I can solve for you whenever you need it, right? There's a difference between being pushy, of course, and just being like, hey, here's what I do. Let me know when you need my services. Um, I think that's really important. And the more that you can do that, just talk about what it is that you do, um, that's really important. And sometimes people will be like, cool, I'll, I'll remember this for the future. I think that's <laughs> fantastic. And I think actors, anyone should do that for their business because mm -hmm. we want that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
we would never be like, oh, this person does new siding on a house. Like, how dare they tell me that? You know, yeah. we'd be like, okay, cool. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have a friend who's a stockbroker, is a financial advisor, wow. and he was on a plane the other weekend and he got clients on the plane. Whoever oh said actor. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, why can't actors do that? Like, hey, this person owns a business. They have a mm-hmm. commercial coming up. Here's my card. Exactly. Yeah. Like, why couldn't you do that? Yeah. There's nothing weird about that. It's really important. And yeah. we are our own business. So we got to be able to talk about it. Exactly. Um, yeah. Of course, we don't want to like hound people and, you know, be rude. Like, I, mm-hmm. I try to be aware, like, if I've emailed this company in the past year, I'm, I'm not going to bug them again, you know? No. So it's like, you, yeah, you're respectful too. But exactly. Yeah. So, what is the best piece of advice you've received? I think the thing that's really stuck with me is um, how much this business, especially, is about rejection and that that's okay and like that's good and you move on, right? Um, theater and film is competitive, but I think voiceover is a whole different degree because, again, it doesn't matter what you look like or where you are or anything. It's like you're competing against everyone, right? I was told once that if you get, if you do a hundred auditions and you get one of those, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if the listeners take anything, it's like do a hundred auditions. And if you get one of those, like you are on the right track, you're doing exactly what you should. And if you don't, that means maybe you'll get the next one, right? I like to think of it as every time I get a rejection, it's like one step closer to getting the thing I'm going to get, right? So this really isn't a good business for people that take that super personally still, that's something I struggled with for a long time. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm something is wrong with me, right? Or like I did something horribly wrong. And no, it's just you didn't have the right voice right now for this thing. And someone else was a better match for it, you know? And um, there's nothing we can do about that. And like that's good because they found what they need for this project. It's hard to, I think, at first get over that feeling of like constant rejection emails, you know? But but it's good. Then you, you take that, you move on to the next thing, and you just keep auditioning, and you just got to keep doing the work. And I think that's, again, why it's important to make your own stuff, because then you are always actively working and doing things and not just getting rejected for things. But then when you do get that one acceptance thing or get in that one project, like the feeling of like, oh, my gosh, now I get to work with people and do the thing I love, like that is so wonderful. So just keep working at it. Don't give up. That's the big thing. So would that be the advice you'd want to give to everyone, too? I think so, yeah. Just, like, don't let that rejection stop you. But also, if you find that you're not enjoying this anymore, like, go try other things. Maybe come back to it. This is actually um, a story from my own life. I I had known that I wanted to be an actor, again, since fifth grade. It was something I had my heart set on. I never considered any other job. I was very stubborn. And I got to college um, for my undergrad and found that I was behind a lot of other people. Like I just hadn't had all the experience and resources that they had being from a small town and not like having a lot of cool theater opportunities. I just, I felt like a fish out of water and I didn't, I was very self-conscious and like kind of not ready, honestly, looking back at it. And I remember the professors sat down with me and they were like, maybe you're just not meant to be an actor. And it was the first time I had heard such words and it was like, I don't know. It was like everything around me came crashing down. But it was also like a veil had been lifted from my eyes, right? I I had like thought of nothing else in the world but acting. And suddenly I was like, oh, maybe I have to do something else. And that was like the scariest feeling in the whole world. But I didn't have whatever this like sparkle was that the other actors had on stage. I was just like nervous and scared and not enjoying it, you know. And uh, but that actually led me then into 
uh, teaching. And I was like, well, if I can't be an actor, maybe I can like teach theater. I don't know. I'll try it. I was very like tentative about it. But once I got in the classroom, I discovered that, oh, teaching forces you to be confident whether you're ready or not. Like you got to try to sound like you know what you're doing, um, even though you're so nervous. And that changed me as a person. Like teaching brought something new out of me and I had to find that confidence in myself. And a couple years later, when I came back to theater, it was like a whole different experience. I had the sparkle, I had the confidence, and I was like, I'm ready now. And if I had never switched and stopped acting, I never would have found that, I think. And I would have started to hate it and probably stopped forever. That is the best advice I can give, is if something's not working, step away from it for a while. If you're not enjoying it, don't do it. Go do other things. Get other life experiences, and if you come back to it later... It's going to be a whole different ballgame. There's no shame in doing other things for a while. No shame in stopping. I really enjoy that story because, like, because you don't always know, like, where you're going to have to pivot in life. And yeah. that doesn't mean you can't pivot back to where you were. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you weren't right from fifth grade. That doesn't yep. mean what you thought was right wasn't right. It just means you have a different lens through it now. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's all about what we are at RTO is, and our mission is letting people be the best they can be. And that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that everything's a linear path. Yeah. And we want people to realize that. I really also want to ask you, what other projects are you working on or what are you most proud of? Because we want to hear all about you because today's all about you as well. Oh, thank you. Oh, my gosh. What a luxury. (laughs) (laughs) I am always working on many things at once, which is exactly how I like my life to be. Like, that's my favorite thing about this job is that every day is a whole different adventure. Um, I'd go crazy if every day was the same. I'm working on a few uh, cool voiceover things. I just this morning recorded for a video game um, that I'm excited about. I can share that once it's all out and everything. I also, um, during the pandemic, I lost a lot of acting jobs and I was like, whoa, what am I going to do? And for the first time I tried writing. I was like, you know, I'm just going to, I have a story I want to tell. I'm just going to try writing it down and see what happens. And then I got so attached to it that I had to like make it happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then there was no going back. So I wrote and produced my own web series called Inner Worlds, which is all about Dungeons and Dragons. Another thing I'm super passionate about. And it's about how the game changes people and like affects their lives. So it's less people like sitting and playing the game because that's been done a million times. And it's more like how the game weaves itself into their lives and changes them as people. So the first season is out on YouTube. It's free to watch. And then we just got done filming the second season. And that'll be out hopefully this winter. So, And that's totally locally produced. It pays a bunch of local um, actors and filmmakers. And so that was super exciting to work on. Well, I love Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, so I'm going to go check that out. Yeah, I was... When I was at UNO, I was vice president of the Dungeons and Dragons Club. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so cool. Are you in a game right now? I am currently not in a game because I don't have time to be a dungeon master oh, anymore. No. And you were a DM. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you miss it? I That's miss so it cool. all the time. Yeah. So I'm trying to get my brother-in-law to start another campaign with me, oh. but he's in three right now. So oh my I'm, gosh, I'm in four. Like three, you know, you can always do one more. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Maybe four is enough, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. Yes. I honestly, I think it's the perfect game. And anyone who wants to be an actor, I really encourage them mm-hmm. to play it because when else do you get to improv and have fun with your friends and have no pressure of an audience, right? Yes. It's all just like, we're going to go on a magic adventure together. We're going to mm-hmm. create a really beautiful, in-depth character. Mm-hmm. We're going to improv together. Like it's, oh my gosh, it's the best thing for an exactly. actor, I think. It's made me a better actor for sure. So yes. do it. Play the Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
so I'm working on that. I'm working on a few other little short films and things. Um, I'm not in any theater stuff right now, um, but I uh, got done doing The Tempest with Nebraska Shakespeare this summer, so that was really exciting. Yeah, we'll definitely put a link to your YouTube series because oh, yes. I, I definitely want to watch it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they're little like five-minute episodes, so they go really quick. It's a lot like if you've seen the show The Guild. That's yeah. kind of how I fashioned the episodes after. So. We're out of time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Of course. So why don't you give us your information so everyone can get in contact with you and support your projects? Yeah, of course. Um, So they can find me through my website, katieotten.com. That's K-A-T-I-E-O-T-T-E-N. Or they can find me on any of the social media channels as just katieotten13. Um, they can also find Inner Worlds through any of those same places or um, just up on YouTube, Inner Worlds. So. Well, I hope you guys will be checking out Inner Worlds because I most definitely will be. Aw, yay! <laughs> well, goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye! This podcast was produced at the podcast studio at Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska, and edited with music and sound effects by Brian Kokensparger, where not otherwise attributed. All content is copyrighted.